Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Today we have Kausambi Manchita on the show, or we can call you Kaus. Is that right? Yep, yep, that's yeah. right. <laughs> awesome. So Kaus is the founder and CEO of Kubrick. Uh, Kubrick is an AI-driven automation tool for designers and marketers. So hey, Kaus, such a pleasure to have you in the show. So excited to finally again see you and have a hopefully have a long and exciting chat. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, like i gave a very short intro like you know just one line on you and you know what kubrick is but can you tell us more about yourself i mean like we have been talking about you and you know what you have been doing for the past few months now yeah you know really excited to do this but and can you tell us more about like you know you how did you start a journey and how did you land into kubrick and then we can talk more on kubrick a little bit all right I think maybe we've spoken about it before, but for me, whose cause, if someone asks me what is, wh- whose yeah, cause, and yeah. whose cause, I think the first <laughs> thing that comes to my mind is that there is this deep love for technology and it has manifested way before in this obsession with like science fiction novels. I, I remember reading Isaac Asimov when I think my dad introduced me to his books and I picked up the foundation series maybe in my seventh or eighth standard and I literally, mm-hmm. you know, ate them up, right? Mm-hmm. And then of course, uh, you know, Arthur C. Clarke and the Dune series and all of that. And on the other hand, there's this crazy excitement about content. <laughs> and that came from my mother. She's a writer and she comes from a long line of uh, writers and artists and, you know, a very artistic and creative family from the East and mm-hmm. East of India. And, and, and whose cause is exactly that? She's a mix of both. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. there is <laughs> a, <laughs> so there is an obsession. Yes. Scientifically, yes. Also, I think emotionally and spiritually, because yeah. uh, there is this obsession with, you know, the, what is that, what are, what's happening out there? Mm-hmm. How can crazy science fictionish, you know, technology improvements make great crazy impacts in everyday person's life? Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I love content, and uh, I mean the reason we uh, connected yeah. and we chatted was because of content. In content a way. Yeah. So uh, just like you have a deep, deep love for content, you know, fiddled with writing, fiddled with creating videos, fiddled with creating my own blogs you know about the youtube channel so there's yeah. been all of that but in the end i think empowering content creators in some form or the other with technology is where i have found my sweet spot and i just enjoy that a lot and that's literally cause whether i'm working mm-hmm. in within a company my own company or i'm doing some personal project i realize that everything that i have always done has been exactly that how do i use technology and <laughs> do something about content yeah that's a really great mix of two different things you know coming together and two different contrasting uh, things so really yeah. great but so you've worked at ibm you've worked at and then you started on your own so yep. like what why why start on your own like you would have had a great job in a great position you know doing great stuff but like what kind of motivation you had or what what was the you know inflection point or the turning point where you decided yeah. you know i should do something of my own I've been a product manager. Unfortunately, I, I never really was in, in, in a space where, where I actually worked on creating great content, to be honest. I have been a product manager in, in some way, uh, creating, creating, creating apps and creating uh, solutions. But, and of course, it, when you launch apps and solutions, you realize, my God, it has so much content around it too, right? Everything yeah. from label copies to your website and whatever else that goes out there. 
including feature releases and whatnot. But but no, I think for me it was there was always this like niggling. What am I? What do I really want to do in life? Mm-hmm. And so I started out in IBM Labs like a long, long while back. Uh, now it's like a a decade and a half so it's close to 15 years of work and uh, when I started out I think I did not understand whether I could do better or I could create more impact as a developer or can I create more impact you know as an analyst can I create more impact as a a product manager no clue Um, fresh out of college joined a actually a startup founded by Indians called Yantra Technologies, which was like Mm -hmm. one of the oldest product, I would say, solutions coming out of Indian founders. Mm -hmm. Before that, there's been a lot of like the Infosys and the Wipro, so a lot of services-led global names. But I would say product-led global names in my head, at least, Yantra was one of the few early, you know, teams out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I joined them and so the the love of products and creating, definitely the eye for, you know, how does a user think? How does a user feel? They were building massive solutions for OMS and WMS and TMS and all of those, you know, boring supply chain stuff in a way. Right? But there was this obsession with honestly the user. Yeah, absolutely. Building Sorry? Building something. Basically. Building something. And over there, I saw the obsession, the founders and the teams. And then it was a large team by the time I had joined. So all of the you know seniors we were fresh out of college right it was yeah. just boot camp kids but seeing them obsessed with hey like fedex is using i see this failure in the logs why is that happening like that obsession right or teams like fedex and walmart and dhl were using the products right mm-hmm. and then on the other hand like walmart is doing this and one of their users called and said this why so these are enterprise grade products these are you know teams that are completely supply chain, but there was an obsession in the team with this focus on really want to care. They really cared about what the user was yeah. thinking and feeling. So I think I saw that and I really liked it. And so initially I joined in the technology team, but was like really keen to sort of like move, move, move a little bit towards yeah. that obsession. And what I understood as a young kid was that, hey, like if I'm in the product team, then I can obsess over it more. <laughs> if I'm in the technology team, then I solve that. But if I'm in a product team, I can worry about that, you know, problem that the user is facing. So from there, I sort of shifted towards the product org. And then I was in Indian School of Business. Mm-hmm. There, actually, I really enjoyed a lot. And I met a lot of cool, you know, people who eventually went on to build uh, great teams also. For example, one of the co-founders of Postman, Ankit, was my classmate, right? So. Nice. So you'd seen all of that, you did see an obsession with, again, great products, building great products in some way. So I think that fired up, like I do, I always knew I want to do something different and I didn't know what different means. So for me, the quest was like, maybe product is that thing. Maybe just being a product manager is what is the different thing. So I just started working on Paytm, worked in Paytm wallet, worked in uh, pay with Paytm. In fact, like I remember even researching PayPal and how they do versus how we should do. So it was very exciting times for me in terms of learning. But as I kept doing it, and then I was Mintra and I built out the content platform, even there, I think there was this always like, what's what more? Mm-hmm. Something is missing. Yeah. And I remember I had met my co-founder by then at Mintra. And I remember... Having this conversation, he he had a startup of his own, a couple of startups, and one of the latest startup had actually been 
acquired by the flipkart group so he had just joined and i okay. i had just yeah. joined so it was interesting i had never met i had never worked so closely with someone who had just exited like after 7 8 years of hard work and oh, stuff right. uh-huh. so so you so i think that that it was for me that was curiosity why did you do it was so much he would say oh it was painful all of that but i would repeat it right yeah like, what is this <laughs> yeah why and you hear it you hear a lot of other people say that and that was very intriguing for me and i think around 2016 was when so many conversations meeting more people by then and i think the i've started like i you usually in jobs you do that right every two to three years uh, you are like okay what's next what okay, else yeah. is there something else out there uh-huh. i think i was interviewing with a bunch of teams and suddenly it just came that you know what like it's now or never if i wa- i'm very very intrigued by this mm-hmm. hard work but they are enjoying it how <laughs> like it's crazy hard work but they say yeah. everybody says even if whether they fail or they succeed they said they would repeat it yeah, right exactly and so for me that was like is that the gap that i'm looking at right yeah. and of course around that time at work i had we had started noticing how visual content was creation is like really hard still uh, but but how you know users because of you know young millennials and gen z's like you how you 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 just live with you know visual content right so as a brand even in mintra we saw how people have to create good videos have to create good gifs good uh, visual content so that that was that interesting problem that oh wow content creation is very important for everybody hmm. but everybody uses very different different ways to solve that yeah, problem yeah. and as a larger brand you want to be with it with the trends right, right. so in, in in spite of that all you have is like just put more and more people in the picture so how do you resolve, solve like is there a way to use technology to solve that but that problem was very exciting in some way we solved you started solving it at mentra but that problem was so exciting and then on the other side there was this question that is there something to do beyond being an employee i think and yeah i, I it's been really hard <laughs> three to four years uh, i had another startup you know that uh, yeah, the podcast storyo and we closed it and then then we started working on cubebreak but I, i guess i'm i'm sounding old if i say i would repeat it <laughs> <laughs> nice but so basically your like you know it it was started for you like the startup journey or the entrepreneurial journey that started mm-hmm. for you was because of your the underlying basic question that you have that you know hey uh, you are an employee working at some org and then you know like, what's next you know i'm getting good challenges and i'm getting good uh, opportunities but i'm not you know trying to answer that one question which is there in your mind like you know what can you do or what's next or you know how long should i uh, keep doing this kind of job right i need to solve like a bigger problem which is there or i need to pick like one problem which i have seen no i think it was not a bigger problem i think it was like i see this problems they're so exciting for me how do i solve this problem which company is solving this yeah. problem so that i can join there and then you are like wait why don't i do it yeah <laughs> So 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 does Kubrick has a comp- have a competitor because let's say you saw this problem right and you mentioned that you were looking out if any company solving this problem or not and then you sort of st- take a, took a step back and decided like you know if even if someone is why hmm. shouldn't I solve this problem too with my own product so yeah. but it, it, so does Kubrick have any competitor 
of course i mean you know like yeah. content creation itself is a large space so there different yeah. different competitors in different parts of the right. competition problem i think it was more that hey like for example at that point and also uh-huh. at that point the i as a broad space yes content creation but content creation is such a wide term yeah, exactly yeah. so there is like your and even if you narrow it down for me i thought that was narrow because <laughs> visual content no oh, man that is like large but what do you mean visual content for who for who's the audience of that visual content is it animated is it interactive is it you know shoppable non shoppable so many questions there and that each of that itself is one entire domain right like is it influencer created content is it ugc content right is it brand content i mean there is just a content itself just even if you take only visual content i think is at least like 20 30 different you know parts to it that you can solve but for me at that point i thought like hey visual content is a broader space and i looked around and you know globally in in some really big way netflix was solving a lot of interesting ways very Yeah. Like you wouldn't think of Netflix as a content technology company because they have a lot of great tech that's more focused towards their own uh, problems but the problems were there right like for example how do they surface the best you know cover art for each of their videos which is personalized right when sunil logs in he should see a cover art for the same show or the snippet or a trailer of the show that is exciting for sunil Yeah. But when Koss logs in, can she see a trailer of the same show, which is exciting for her, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So these were problems that they were solving. The problems were exciting. Just that mm-hmm. the direction of solving the problem was for Netflix, right? right? And then you look outside, and there were a lot of video, you know, creation tools around that. Anime, Animoto Magisto, it's uh, uh, you know, watch it, and a bunch of other teams trying to do that. Canva was just, I think, this was 2015. So Canva was just like starting. Yeah. <laughs> to become important now it, it was not even important actually it was just right. starting i think to be in the radar for people who were content hogs right so so there were there were all of these right mm-hmm. the interesting thing was that for me when i'm looking at all of that and at that point i'm in mintra in india right so you're like uh, <laughs> even if i want to solve it with these teams how do i find a way in there exactly yeah so basically like building a product where, where where you know not only one team can utilize but you know sort of multiple teams can utilize in multiple different ways also right like each taking the same problem but taking a different approach in solving the problem and you know you building this product which is kind of enabling them to you know solve this problem so really interesting point so so how did you start uh you know so now now you've built kubrick and you've you started you have building the product so how did you hire your you know first few people because hiring the first 10 people would be you have to sell them the idea of the company right first because they they would be like your family and they're they're not your employees you know per se they they it, it's a different kind of relationship that you have with your first few hires so how how did you solve this this particular problem of hiring first and people for the team we were lucky at, at least initially to we were working on actually in mintra just to step back a little like to answer the hiring question in mintra we were me and my co-founder were working together to create the content platform for mintra internally itself which eventually became like a brand engagement uh-huh. platform uh, content and brands you know like they just tied yeah. together right? so uh, so while doing that like a, we had worked with a bunch of really cool school smart people 
coincidentally during the end of 2016 2017 you know uh, 2016 to 2017 a lot of because mintra had just exploded and so you know a lot of exploded in a good way <laughs> and what happened is that a lot of the older you know really cool team members have, were starting to like sort of hey we've worked five five or five six odd years over here and what next right so there were a lot of like what next questions i think so when initially as i mentioned i stopped working at mintra we started the podcasting startup we were at yc y combinator for it and went through all of that and then we realized okay for that we didn't really hire um, anybody you know full time we more were working with like contract freelance you know uh, friends <laughs> designer friends like hey yeah uh, ui banado you know those sort of stuff right so so that's literally how we did our ex colleagues but then we started kubrick and like the problem of hey we want to work on this entire content creation making it easy and making it ai led in some way when we started that this was like 2017 end of the year sort of a thing and uh, we started thinking on the idea and we were actually bouncing it off with some of our some of the colleagues that we have worked who were great who we really enjoyed working with and uh, my co-founder was one of the head architects at uh, mintra he was in fact leading storefront act you know the architect team right so for him he had literally worked with the, the some of the good engineers who were not who had left mintra by then so so our first i would say four five of us were all are actually yeah they're all ex mintra <laughs> so <laughs> so so that's how it that happened so it was a lot of to answer your question on like how did you give them a glimpse of the vision and all of that right i think it was this whole brainstorming and ideation that happened from very early on right when i started thinking about it it was a lot of like you know hey whiteboarding this is what we are thinking this is how we are thinking of solving so what brought it actually had already brought us together was we are all in some way we love solving problems so whiteboard and a marker and all you know four five of us would be very excited and happy people <laughs> because we'll be like okay this is a problem and we're all like you know how do we yeah. solve it architecturally growth wise whatever right so it was always very exciting and that's how i think the first 5 6 10 was just always one problem after another having conversation somebody introduced to someone solving solving and we're like hey like that person it's himself or herself would say hey i want to join the team or or we would say hey why don't you join the team and we can continue working on this problem right <laughs> So so that's how it was. Yeah. So for me I feel like the first few you're very right it's very important to get that in a way at least have a few of those right if not all at, at least for me I I don't think we've got every hire that we've made has been the perfect hire for the problem we are solving for the context mm-hmm. at this time. Right. Right? sometimes some people be hired too early sometimes uh, maybe too late sometimes not at the large li- right scale uh, not the right geo many questions right but what has always worked at least till now which is close to 50 uh, people has been every time we have had people who share a passion for building good good solutions good products that others don't just love to use in a superficial way but actually that that's a value to the other user right. i think it has worked out nice. we have done wrong things we have taken wrong decisions we have nice. done wrong decisions in our product building also mm-hmm. but at least there is a north star that we want to build something that is of value so that north star has helped yeah 
nice nice so so you know talking about the bad decisions right so in in particularly hiring you mentioned so how did you identify or, or how did you get to a conclusion that you know hey this is like like not a not a really good decision that you know they have joined so again they they might be off place too early too late so how did you figure out that you know that this is a bad hire i would not say bad hire but like the wrong right person at the wrong yeah. time yeah. or sometimes wrong not, person. not a bad hire for sure yeah <laughs> or sometimes it's the wrong person itself because maybe that person would never enjoy working in this problem right i think that what now the recipe is that if you are not excited by the content space there's no point that's like table stakes <laughs> so if recently in fact there was a, a couple of young people who you know one of our recent hires recommended and she said that hey like you know speak to them they've been pinging me they're very excited by the website you know just like you said it looks really yeah. chic and all of that and i spoke to them and yes they are they love automation yes they you know wanted to solve ai ml problems and all of that right but when you when my honest question to them was hey this is an example of a problem that you will be solving day in and day out yeah do you want to solve this problem with me right now yeah. or is it like ah oh, i'm not sure i'll have to think about it or is it like that's a horrible problem to solve right <laughs> scale i want yeah think about it and it'll get back to me right uh-huh. and and now we are we are trying to preempt it even at that stage like is it is the problem exciting for that person yeah. right if the problem is not exciting by now that's the recipe that if that's not exciting no point moving it forward right but i think even like 6 7 or maybe last year uh, our hiring pattern was a little different at that point we would i think realize it a little bit after working together on some project or something like that right so either the person gets to understand it and that they are not the right you know or maybe the problem felt exciting but when they actually did it they're like ah it's it's not right yeah 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 so- so how how important do you think it is you know for anyone who's you know working in your company to you know share that same passion that you have about solving the problem yeah i i think it's more like everybody cannot be a founder or the founding team right uh-huh. so that is the reality and and it shouldn't be also because you can't that's not some a very sustainable energy for many people but i think people have to be passionate about the same fundamental philosophy it doesn't have to be passionate about just this right exactly. like do for example for us it's a team of makers so you have to have a maker mentality right mm-hmm. and that's it i have we have had people who possibly love to like for example one of our engineering you know dev uh, team she really does great art and she has an instagram channel where she is you know uh, doing great art she's selling it but she's making something so she respects that ethics of a maker right, right. and the, and the passion that it takes to build something right. on, on the other hand you know another team member he is like i think during covid his uh, realizes a love for trying out different vegan and vegetarian recipes and he's actually like really doing that every day right so i think even that is great because it's just that you are passionate about building something creating something, something. yeah not yeah. not might be sharing the same passion but might be different but you know interested in solving the problem also exactly so there is always an interested in basically you know that that person cares about their output you know that that person yeah. you know cares about you know how others perceive their output 
right? Or how others feel about their output. You know that that person, you can have a great conversation with them about something. And they are like, you know, they, they are not just whiling away life. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're like really, you know, they have a direction. And that is what I think is important. It's not necessary for everybody to be like burning 200% or uh, 10%. All of that don't matter. Uh-huh. I think like better the fundamental philosophy of that entire unit is at least in the same direction that they all love creating good stuff. That's it. Makes sense. So yeah. it seemed to me like, you know, you have a really great culture, you know, for the company, right? Culture inside the company as well. So how did you build up this kind of culture? I mean, I'll answer the second question. How do you define the culture at Kubrick? I think it's a culture of makers. I've even written a blog about it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it is not the maker. Maker is being a maker is very important. And why maker culture really helps, you know, teams bond, especially remote, right? What you, you don't have the context of your day-to-day life as exactly the same, right? Right. And uh, you are not having your water cooler moments or having coffee and all of that, right? And and I think this year, our realization, that is how, uh, again, culture is not a one-trick pony. It's not that like, you know, this is the culture and you hand it over Mm -hmm. to the team. I realized that it's like the team also helps you realize what your culture is. And people who are in the team who love it and people who don't love it, both help you realize that. It's equally important. So all our hiring, you know, people who did not enjoy working with us, right? And who was left, they have made us realize that, oh, they did not like because of these reasons, but we are good. Even if they don't like it because of these reasons, that is who we are as a team. We are a very, you know, passionate team. We love creating stuff. But if someone doesn't, that's fine, right? Like some yeah. people enjoy creating things, right? They might enjoy more consuming or, you know, other other things. And it's okay. So our, our decision, our realization, I think as a, as a unit was that we prefer the creating part. We don't enjoy the consuming part as much, right? right. So we're very, very heavy creators. So yeah. that's a choice. So it helps even a person who's leaving the team actually helps you, you know, like morph and understand your own culture better, yeah. you know, way. Totally. I, I think over this last two and a half to three years now, going to be three years, I think the realization has been that with every person who's stayed, who's every person who's left, with every person we had asked to leave or every person we, you know, wanted to not leave, is that that together we are a team of makers and yeah. we love creating great stuff. And so it, it just works that way. Mm-hmm. And now the second part, how do you maintain that culture, right? Yeah. I think. At one point, Sunil, honestly, if you'd asked me like last year, I would say culture is my problem. Yeah. And if I, <laughs> I would have to make, make and maintain like the best culture in the team, right? And take a lot of pressure about it and stress about it, right? Mm-hmm. I think this year I have evolved and I have learned that it's equally, you know, every, every individuals, actually every individual in the team, each of us actually is aggregating to create that unit so every every drop is important mm-hmm. so it's not just i can nurture and i can facilitate and i can help but mm-hmm. all of us have to sort of you know be together and 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 all of us together is exactly that culture right totally. so i think that's the best way to nurture it like distribute it out like everybody you know we have people who are like hey let's do a book club reading right we have people uh-huh. who are like Hey, let's do Andakshri because we love that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I create uh, food and I want to share it every weekend recipe and a picture mm-hmm. of what I do, right? 
so it's everybody together actually uh, is important and so helping them understand that it's great like you you do this don't be shy just share it out and you will find three other people in this 50 member team who will or maybe two others yeah you never know who will just connect with you on that so mm-hmm. as a i guess as a or you know like mother hen <laughs> your job is facilitate <laughs> those connections yeah. make people comfortable enough that like you know it's 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 okay to feel you know that you you are a little shy or you feel lonely but it's also absolutely fine to put your word out and find that other connects right and right. to toward uh, while you do that mm-hmm. but not taking the onus that hey like a mandate every friday 6 o'clock let's all yeah. get into uh, you know coffee call because we have to like nay yeah. that yeah makes sense so yeah. so i was reading this interesting book by ben horowitz right like mm. what to do is who you are and it's yeah. it's based on culture right creating yeah. how organizations can create like great cultures so in this book like you know he he tells a story of like mafia leaders basically yeah. on, on how do how do they maintain their culture yeah. so so one point that you know really like you know which i think is interesting is let's say if you, if you are a mafia leader and you know someone in your group or someone in your gang you know does you know does a very big mistake right so now if you if you let them go as a leader of the mafia if you let them go then you know that's it's a different kind of example but if you shot them dead because of that that particular mistake you yeah. know that kind of leads to a different example so like you know uh, taking that that kind of analogy and you know bringing it to like organizations like obviously you cannot sh- shoot someone in the <laughs> yeah but let's say if someone makes a mistake right so like how 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 do you think like you know you would deal as a as a leader of your gang or your group right like th- there's either two options right you you punish them that that kind of sets a different example or you know you let them go but that kind of set another example in in people's mind that you know hey if i make a mistake i'm i'm let go right of of that mistake so like how how do you deal you know yeah. in the, in this kind of situation actually i love that part and i and i think when i was reading that book one of the things that stood out is how like each mafia gang is almost a cult right like and yeah. and <laughs> cult they're able to maintain yeah, yeah. and uh, initially i remember when we started out and we started like expanding the team and i used to tell my co-founder and our early founding members that hey like like we are like a tribe like you know we are like a cult yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and it started feeling weird but so this is again i think i'm also learning uh, as i go one of the things i have i would never anyway do is you know punish someone uh, for mistakes uh-huh. um, i think my problem uh was or other my my evolution has been that i used to be too forgiving of mistakes and in the sense i would literally take the onus of fixing like that person and that person's pushing helping that person or pushing that person to overcome that mistake a yeah. bit too much only on me right? right and that also is not healthy by the way like on one on one extreme yeah. that you are like screaming shouting and you're firing right on the other side you are like oh maybe i made a mistake in coaching that person that is also not very healthy to mm-hmm. constantly feel like i made a mistake in coaching i made a mistake in coaching right yeah so i think the healthy balance that i have that you are a human being at least i yeah. i definitely i'm a very very <laughs> i have a lot of fantasies i have i have a lot of i make a lot of mistakes now mm-hmm. uh, i'm just like i'm the most you know human human you would ever meet in your life <laughs> i think so my learning has been that 
it's because the way i am as a as a is a very genuine real person and i i if something goes wrong if it has a large impact i feel stressed about it and yeah. i acknowledge that i think acknowledging that really helps me and helps the other person first right hey i am stressed and if i'm reacting it's simply because i'm stressed right yeah. it has nothing to do with us it has nothing to do with that your work or my work or our uh, you know personalities or our you know uh, qualifications all of that stuff right nothing right. something really messy happened it is natural for both of us to stress about it so first yeah. let's acknowledge yeah. that right? like yeah. we made a mess you made a mess I, i i realized it right now i'm stressed that i did not realize it you yeah. feel you're feeling guilty because you think you have made a mess let's acknowledge it and like now let's now that our emotions are on the table yeah. now let's work towards how do we fix the problem right i think that clarity has really helped me at least in recent uh, you know last one year or so is to understand that like and be able to demarcate and even have that honest conversation with the other person on the other side that hey like i'm really angry right now but that's okay yeah how do we solve this hey hey and let's fix on let's try fixing it. the problem yeah <laughs> and and that also helps by the way because your anger or your stress or your guilt you are diverting into a constructive outlet yeah yeah that also helps you overcome that you know emotion right and that really helps and i think that also tightens the bond between people yeah <laughs> because yeah. you are so vulnerable and honest with each other exactly yeah. yeah right and in your lowest point in a way like i have made a mistake it's out there and now both yeah. of you realize it and you are like it's okay ठीक है इट्स नॉट नीदर इज इट की कोई बात नहीं डोंट वरी इट्स ऑल फाइन इट्स नॉट नीदर दैट या सो इट्स समवेयर इन द मिडिल लाइक नाइदर एंड्स लाइक यू यू वोंट फायर देम यू वोंट और शूट देम व्हाटएवर एंड एंड यू वोंट लेट देम गो एज़ वेल लेट देम गेट अवे विद इट राइट सो इट्स काइंड ऑफ इन द मिडिल इट्स समवेयर इन द मिडिल इट्स आल्सो आई थिंक बीइंग ओके विद व्हिचएवर द सिचुएशन डिमांड्स यू टू बी sometimes some situation some things might be really you know like it might be repeated at many times maybe it's the same mistake repeated over two years right and there is no growth in not letting that mistake happen right at that point being honest enough to have that conversation that hey like this is what is wrong right why are you unable yeah. to move beyond you know you know and it's it's okay to even acknowledge that it you, maybe that situation demands you to do that right that hey i have given you i have given you and both of us as many chances and now it's like important for us both to acknowledge that that maybe we should not give as many chances to this same mistake happening again and again right on the other hand there are situations that demand you to be completely you know supportive you know then you are supportive right because you're like we never knew something like this could happen yeah, we never yeah. or this is the first time you are doing this all of that right yeah so that's absolutely fine and sometimes it's okay to be in the middle also where you are like i'm so angry but it's okay let's solve the problem right yeah. so that's so okay so i think yeah yeah exactly so i think my answer is more like mostly in the middle the but if the situation demands yeah yeah absolutely it largely depends the, on the mistake yeah. basically yeah no uh, and i yeah. think ben ben also explains it very neatly in 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 the book and i mean there are like a lot of examples and a lot of you know insights yeah. that he shared i mean i would recommend that book to you know like you know all the founders and you know anyone who's kind of building their culture or you know cult basically yep. uh, really great uh, read so yeah i 
i think we can go on and on talking about a lot of different points i think we have done that in like a few different points but i remember our last conversation i think it was like a couple of hours <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. supposed to be a 5 minutes conversation <laughs> yeah i i think okay but for the for the show right yeah let's let's move on to the last last section uh, of the show which is like lightning round so i have like three questions for you so first one like what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started that that you know when it comes to making you know a great product it's not that great product managers or great you know engineers only make great products i think because you make a great product you become a great product manager a great yeah. engineer and i think there is a, it's a thin it's a line that many people even many you know i would say experienced people sometimes swap and like oh that person's you know worked in a great company must be a great product guy right like yeah. usually you know like yeah. uh, certain names in the industry and you are like okay those must be great pro- uh, product guys right not necessary because that the process is what makes you good the process is purely that constant eye on how is that each individual user feeling you know it doesn't matter whether you're doing enterprise or consumer sas or whatever and you maybe you have a lot of data points you have limited data points but not getting stuck in the data points but actually understanding the human being behind that data point and keeping an eye on making that human being's life better and that focus on that process is what makes you a great you know founder product manager totally. <laughs> engineer whatever it is and i think that is i i wish i had known it or i had maybe at some level all of us know it and you acknowledge it but actually understanding that yeah yeah you know actually understanding it like deeply and uh, seeing how that really impacts changes the way you and your team you can facilitate your team to work i think i wish i had known it two years back but maybe if i hadn't gone through this journey i wouldn't have known it so yeah yeah definitely i think the journey teaches you a lot as well so yeah second one so what did your biggest uh, professional failure teach you okay what is what did my biggest professional failure teach me to focus <laughs> good to say no and the more you say no i mean you know that's textbook i would say product guys right like you know that one of the most important things as a product guy is to say no right yeah yeah really great in action within a team great you know you can still figure that out but i think starting out as a founder because you don't have any other textbook or playbook to look at the ability to say no and say more no's than you say yes that that's what it, it stopped me yeah i think there there's a great quote also i don't know who said this but you know it's something on the lines of like you know focusing is all about saying no to like 100 different yeah. things and just saying yes to like one thing or something like that yeah. yeah yeah so it makes sense and then the last one like what is the number one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve i think for it's different for different people yeah. for me it's um, meeting more and more people globally and having really deep connections and yeah. awesome <laughs> with them uh, that shortens my learning curve because i learn as i bounce ideas i learn as i talk to and and also not being tied to who i'm speaking to basically yeah. i don't care about that person's credentials or experience levels or age or anything of that sort sorry slack <laughs> right so not not caring about that person's credential or age or anything of that sort but actually just the fact that 
every person I meet and have a have a conversation with, I learn something, right? right. That really shortens my learning curve. It's different for different people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the same for me as well. I mean, I yeah. a lot of. I mean, I use this this show to connect with like many people and exactly. you know, learn from them, connect with them, and, yeah. and you know, it, it it definitely helps. So it's validated. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know it's validated. Yeah, yeah it's. Right. I have at least one more person in this world who vouches for it. So, yeah. so thanks a lot, Kos, for you know coming up on the show, doing this, you know, spending a lot of time with me, <laughs> off the record, on the record as well, discussing about a <laughs> lot of things. I mean, like we talked a broad spectrum of things. I would say, so really great. We could do this, you know. I'm I'm really happy we got a chance to connect and you know record this. Yeah, and I'm always, you know, I'm always so happy to talk to you. There is so much of, uh, you know, same love for content in some way or the other, content and community, actually. Um, so, it, and though years apart, you know, like it's, it's so nice to connect with someone at, at the same level on at least two to three things. So yeah. really happy to, to be able to chat with you and I hope we get a chance to do it again. Yeah.